0: Good morning, and welcome to Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church and to this service of worship. Happy New Year. It is good to be together. If you are worshiping with us for what is one of the first times this morning, we want to say a special word of welcome to you, and we look forward to getting to know you following worship today. If you are interested in learning more about the life and ministry of this congregation, we do invite you following worship to head through the doors to your left and into the atrium to stop by the welcome desk where we have welcome bags that are filled with information and folks who are there to answer any questions that you might have. I do invite you all to find the blue friendship pads that are located on your rows. If you would, take those and sign them, register your presence with us, and then pass them to your neighbor and pass them all the way down the row, and when they reach the end, pass them back. Those pads are an opportunity not just for you to register your presence, but for um, you to learn the names of those who are worshiping with you in the pew so that you might greet one another personally by name following our worship service today. You'll also find in the p there are prayer cards. That's an opportunity to let your pastors know if there is a joy or a celebration in your life that you would like to make us aware of so that we might pray with you and for you and accompany you on that part of your journey. So please do fill that out and drop it in the offering plate at the appropriate time. As we head into the new year, there are many ways to connect and to deepen in our faith. Next week, we will be starting a new sermon series, Is It Just Me?, exploring issues that all of us struggle with whether it's loneliness or relationships vocation all the things that make up our daily lives and we will explore the ways that god speaks into these tender places in our lives and what a word of life and a word of hope that god might have to offer us next week is also um, our starting point class and so if you are interested in membership or have a friend or know someone who is um, please let them know about that upcoming opportunity there are details on the back page of your worship bulletin and you can reach out to Alice and Cochran in the church office. This is also the final week for officer nominations in the Presbyterian tradition. We elect officers from among us um, to help lead us elders and deacons and trustees for the years ahead. And so um, if you yourself are feeling led um, to participate in leadership or know someone who would make a good candidate, please fill out the form that's in the atrium and turn it into the church office. You can also fill out that nomination form um, online. We really rely on you and your eyes and your ears um, to take note of those in your midst and in your circles of influence who would make good leaders. So please do take um, that opportunity. And nominate someone that you know today even though if you are like me perhaps your Christmas tree is already on the curb and your decorations have been packed up it's always a little sad to say goodbye to Christmas and yet here in the church we continue our celebration of Christmas today is Epiphany of the Lord Sunday in which we remember and retell the story of the Magi's journey to meet the Christ child It is an opportunity on this Sunday to continue to ponder God's presence in our lives and the ways that God is leading us in the year ahead. Friends, as we worship God this day, let us prepare our hearts and minds to listen to Holy God. Please join with me in our call to worship. Arise, shine, God's light has come to reveal the way in this new year. Arise, shine, the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Arise, shine, God's light penetrates the darkness that covers the world. Arise, shine, arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Thank you. we recognize that the grace of God has dawned on us through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Trusting in God's mercy, let us confess all the ways that we have fallen short of loving God and loving one another well. Let us pray together. Loving God, we confess that we have been distracted by the things of Christmas. We have looked happily at the Christmas lights and decorations. And yet we have chosen to ignore the people who are most in need of compassion and care during this time. We often feel overwhelmed by the demands on our resources, and so we turn our deaf ear and look away. Open our hearts today, precious Lord, and help us to hear the cries of those in need. Bring us to an understanding of active discipleship in which we work helping others and thus serving you heal us and give us courage and joy in your service for this is in jesus name amen friends the light of christ has come not to blind us but to save us the light of christ comes to seek and save the lost Hear and believe the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Open our hearts and our minds to the light of your word read and preached. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.
1: A man comes down with the flu. He is the kind of man who swims laps at the gym before work each day. He manages his email inbox on a daily basis. He displays his kids' crayon drawings in frames on his desk. He is a man that is in control of his life. But then there's the flu. So he's forced to surrender the second half of a day in the new year when he had planned to get a lot of important things done. He goes home from his office midday And retreats to his bedroom where he longs to be left alone. He is not feeling well, to say the least, and I imagine that he is writhing under the covers with the curtains closed in the darkness of illness, sniffling and aching, when later that evening there's a tiny timid knock on the door. Daddy? His young son is at the door. Light peers over him as he looks into the room. A groan is heard from the bed. Daddy, I just came to hurt with you. The boy climbs up on the mattress and curls into the mess, father and son still and quiet. And I just need to acknowledge at this point in the story that there was apparently no mother or other adult in the picture who kept the child from the person with the flu. (laughs) But that's not really the point here, so keep going with me. If the father was feeling helpless or discouraged amidst the darkness of the flu, no doubt his young son brought him a measure of light and love. It may not be the flu for you, and hopefully, if you're here present this morning, it's not. (laughs) But hopefully, it's not the flu, but there might be something else weighing on you, casting darkness into your life. You know what that is, most likely. If not personal, perhaps it's something wider, like feeling down about the community in which you live or We're being worried and feeling a sense of hopelessness about the state of the world in which we live. But in the midst of it all, there is light to be found if we but watch for it. Which brings us to this Epiphany Sunday, the day we celebrate the journey of the Magi, as Sarah reminded us this morning. The wise visitors who go to the place where Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Led by the light of a bright star, seeking to offer gifts and to pay him homage, to worship him. It is the story that we are reading, a familiar passage from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. I now invite you to listen and read that by faith you may receive God's word for you this morning. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. During the weeks leading up to Christmas, the topic of manger scenes came up among some friends. Now, these are not your run of the mill friends. These are ministry type friends who would take up the topic of manger scenes over a beer. <laughs> I offered the fact that my family and I had lived in Michigan several years ago as one of my first places of ministry, and we would travel to a small town north of Ann Arbor called Frankenmuth, which has a giant Christmas store. It's rather famous. And they, one of the things that they have there are hundreds and hundreds of manger scenes, of creches. But they weren't impressed. They wanted to talk about a theological point or two about the manger scene. They wanted to talk about whether or not it is appropriate that the baby Jesus be included in the manger scene before Christmas Day. Yeah exactly (laughs) theologically I get it I know I know but who thinks about that well some people do think about that and I respect them practically though I didn't know it was up for discussion (laughs) you set the manger scene out you put the baby Jesus in the manger or in some cases it's it's a fixed so if you're going to put the manger there the baby's going to be there and you include the wise men in the manger scene. Oh, no, 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 not with this group. (laughs) A colleague said that at her house and in congregations where she has served as pastor, they move the magi from windowsill to windowsill across the 12 days of Christmas, the, the days that follow Christmas Day until Epiphany, which is January the 6th rather than placing them in the manger scene on Christmas Eve. And not until Epiphany do they bring them to the place, as Matthew says, where Mary was with her baby, and and they pay him homage and so forth. She said, placing the wise men near the manger on Christmas Eve, misses how far God reaches to ensure that all people receive the good news of Christ's birth takes away from the journey that the three people made to get there following that star and i get that the significance of the light can be lost the light leading them and the fact that they followed the light as a source of meaning and hope and understanding culturally our focus is christmas day all the preparations that lead to christmas day Here in this place, as we well know, beautiful music offered by voice and instrument, beautiful worship experiences, and the decor, my goodness, the beautiful decor and lights. And that surrounds us. On Christmas Day, once it comes and goes, it's game over for many. Sure, we may have sung the cute 12 Days of Christmas song, but we don't give much thought to the Christmas season lasting much past December 25th, where we share gifts while enjoying time with loved ones, and I think we need more of that, focus on the time after Christmas Day itself. The story of the Magi and their journey can add depth to our experience of Christmas. With Epiphany, the Christmas season does come to a close, and so the decorations can be retired to their storage boxes for another 10 or 11 months, depending on your household, and the tree can go to the curb. You know, I was thinking about that. We lived in Greensboro for a number of years, and our next-door neighbor was what I would call a liturgical purist, which means in this instance that you do not take your decorations down until epiphany. It doesn't matter what day of the week is. It doesn't matter how practical it would be to do it on a holiday. They stay up. And she would shame her neighbors if she saw a tree by the curb. So I either, I did or did not occasionally put my tree out by my back door where it couldn't be seen until it was acceptable to put it out on the street. And y'all, if anyone dared venture out into the stores the day after Christmas, like the grocery store or the drugstore, Valentine's candy, really, the day after Christmas. We live in a culture that moves us on, on, and on. And yet, I think the Epiphany story calls us as people of faith to take it in, to take in the fullness of that journey, their journey, and what it represents for us in our own lives of faith. I appreciate that one commentator says that whatever actually happened in those days after Jesus was born, Matthew's story of wise men traveling far to honor him probably originated in their need to take that trip. Not pageantry, not a theological statement about Christianity as a faith for the Gentiles, not an excuse to give presents but need, human need. The wise men needed to be there, and we need to be there. Matthew doesn't say why. Maybe the wise men didn't know why, but something in their world was amiss. They came to Jesus seeking the one anointed by God to bring peace and salvation. They needed that. We need that. Herod, Herod needed to be in charge. He needed to be needed. And this whole scenario unfolding right in front of him threatened his authority, jeopardized his place in the culture at the time. I think our need is one tie that binds us together. Some needs certainly are healthier than others, but we are all needy people. So it's interesting to ponder the ways need connects those in this epiphany story. Like many other gospel stories, this is actually the gospel in miniature because it describes the coming of the Messiah and shows the wide range of responses. From acceptance to rejection, the Magi come to worship him and Herod plots to destroy him. At the beginning of Matthew, the Gentile magi come to worship Jesus, and at the end of Matthew's gospel, the disciples are told to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. The magi could not find the king they were looking for until they heard from those who knew the scriptures. But those who knew the scriptures did not recognize the sign that the Messiah had been born. While Christian tradition holds that magi were kings, a more precise description might be that the magi belonged to the priestly caste of Zoroastrianism, a group that studied the stars. They gained an international reputation for astrology. Which was a highly regarded science at the time. So these wise visitors from the East were scientists and practiced other religions, and God used their faith and knowledge to bring them to the Christ. Ironic, but more ironic, God used scientists who practiced other religions to let King Herod and the chief priests and scribes, to let all of them in on the news that their Messiah had been born. God seems to do whatever it takes to reach out and to embrace all people. God announces the birth of the Messiah to shepherds through angels on Christmas, to magi by means of a star on Epiphany, and to the political and religious authorities of God's own people through visitors from the East. From a manger where a child lies wrapped in bands of cloth, God's reach, God's embrace in Christ Jesus gets bigger and bigger and bigger. As he grows and matures and as his ministry takes shape, Jesus eats with outcasts and sinners. He touches people who are sick and people who live with disabilities. Jesus even calls the dead back to life. Ultimately, Jesus draws all people to himself as he is lifted up on the cross. In Christ Jesus, no one is beyond God's embrace. And if we allow it to be so, Jesus is the greatest tie that binds us. As we have traveled toward Epiphany and hopefully savored some of these days of Christmas, this is a good time to ponder where we are on our own journey of faith. So let me ask you a few questions to consider as you plot out the next steps that you will take in this new year, in this new decade? Where do you find yourself on your path, on your journey of faith? Do you feel satisfied with where you are and from where you have come? Is there opportunity for growth? The Magi followed a bright star. What or who is guiding you in your steps as you take your path of faith? Have you been traveling more by intention, being planful, or is your travel guided more by reaction to what's come at you? In what direction do you feel drawn to go during the coming weeks and months as this new year 2020 unfolds? Perhaps something is weighing you down as you travel. Or maybe you have found that you are missing something. Is there anything you need to let go of or take on in order to make the journey more meaningful to you? We were reminded just earlier this morning of many opportunities that we have here (coughs) in the church to study, to grow in your faith, to be a part of the community in an intentional way. There's just a small suggestion of something that you might pick up as you reach to the future on your continuing journey of faith. In the coming months, what gift do you most need to offer the world that only you can offer? Each of us has unique abilities and skills, gifts that God has given to us that only we can offer. And there seems to be no better time than the start of a new calendar year to assess that, to ponder what it is that we can give and how we can engage. Author Jan Richardson offers this blessing on Epiphany, and I want to share with you as I close. It's entitled, For Those Who Have Far to Travel." If you could see the journey whole, you might never undertake it. Might never dare the first step that propels you from the place you know toward the place you know not. Call it one of the mercies of the road that we see it only by stages as it opens before us. As it comes into our keeping step by step. There is nothing for it but to go, and by our going, take the vows the pilgrim takes, to be faithful to the next step, to rely on more than the map, to heed the signposts of intuition and dream, to follow the star that only you will recognize, to keep an open eye for the wonders that attend the path, To press on beyond distractions, beyond fatigue, beyond what would tempt you from the way. There are vows that only you will know. The secret promises for your particular path and the new ones you will need to make. When the road is revealed by turns you could not foresee. Keep them. Break them, make them again. Each promise becomes part of the path. Each choice creates the road that will take you to the place where at last you will kneel to offer the gift most needed, the gift that only you can give, before turning to go home by another way. Do you remember what that little boy said To his father who was sick. I just came to hurt with you. He needed to be there with his dad. That's what he had to offer. And his dad needed him as well. Just like the wise men needed to be kneeling at the manger. Worshipping the newborn king. So do we need to be there. Jesus came to hurt with us, to love us, to be present with us. Jesus walked the very places we walked. the earth. He knows the life we live in this place. Yes, we need to be mindful of the journey to get there, but we need to be making our way, taking steps forward. Just like they brought gifts to give, we too, have gifts to offer that only we can give this world. There will be people who need us to hurt with them, to laugh with them, to champion them. We have a need to do these things. It's inherent. It's how God made us. It's one of the ties that binds us together as God's people thanks be to God for this amazing gift Amen
0: Having heard God's good news let us rise together in body or in spirit and say what it is that we believe using the affirmation of faith printed in your order of service We believe in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him. And gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess to the glory of God, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. to pray is one voice for our church and for our community and for our world I would remind you it is our custom here at Preston Hollow to send letters of joy and concern care letters to those in our congregation who are celebrating or find themselves in a time of need and so we invite you following worship to head through the doors to your left and to the tables just underneath the windows the letters are there with pens and we invite you to add your name to those letters whether you know those people personally or not that your signature would be a word of hope and grace and a word of love for them in this season. We do have a couple of things to make you aware of joys and concerns this morning. We ask that you remember the family of Phyllis Gilly and her upon her passing this past Friday. And um, that you would remember her family and friends as they grieve her loss. We also celebrate with Gretchen and Howard Chen on the birth of their daughter Annabelle and offer our congratulations to aunt and uncle Heather and Alan Brackett and to grandparents John and Peggy Ham. We also celebrate with Tricia and Michael Gargiulo on the birth of their daughter Lennon and also with grandparents Kathy and Tom Allen. We give God great thanks this morning for the gifts of new life and for gifts, God's gifts of life eternal. So let us go before a loving and gracious God in prayer. Let us pray. Holy God, we remember and give you thanks that you created the heavens and the earth, including the very ground beneath our feet and the stars that still hang in the sky. We offer our thanks for the very gift of life, the air that fills our lungs this morning and the privilege of being on the journey and for all the ways that you lead us on that journey. Just as you beckon to the wise men through the light of the star, guide us in the days and weeks ahead. As we each make resolutions and dreams for our lives, give us courage and strength as each of us has need. God, guide any who are making difficult decisions and lend your light to all who feel stuck in the choices they have made. God of the star, when we are tempted to assume that some part of our lives has reached the end of its story, remind us that you and not we are the author of our lives, and that in and through you, new beginnings are always possible, always happening. When we are tempted to settle into comfortable routines, awaken us to the new thing that you are doing, and make us partners in the work of your creation. Loving God, we ask that you would shine the light of your love gently on any who carry wounded places in their hearts and their lives this day, all for whom the new year brings new burdens. Walk beside them. Send them the healing presence of friends to lighten their load and to be a witness to their journey. And God, empower each of us where we are able in this new season to share in the burdens of others. Give us the courage to walk alongside, to stand, and to see both places near and close to home and places that are far away where any of our neighbors are hurting. Shine the light of your love into places of chaos and darkness in our world. Empower us to be people of compassion and bearers of mercy in all that we do. God, we come this day with much on our hearts. We know and trust that you hear those prayers, And that as we bring the gifts of our lives, we ask that you would open our hearts to receive again the gifts that you have to give to us. And may we, your church, be strengthened to be a gift to your world. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Just as the Magi followed the star and brought their gifts to the newborn Christ, so we too are called to bring our gifts, our time, our talent, our treasure before the Lord, our morning tithes and offerings. Promise we bring our gifts to further your work in the world. May they shine your light in places that seem dark. Accept our gifts of money and time, indeed the very gift of our lives. Let them shine with your light for all of the world to see. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.
1: as you go forth from this place following the light of god's presence and god's love the peace of god which passes all our understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of god and of god's son jesus christ our lord and the blessing of god father son and holy spirit be and abide with you this day and every day go in peace